Hey, how's it going? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and today we have Shauna Newman back on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the recent updates. And the funny thing is uh, Google has been rolling out so many updates over the last, I don't know, couple years. This is just timely. You could be listening to this a couple <laughs> years from now, and it'll probably fit in pretty well. But these are the updates in uh, September and October of 2023. And we're also going to talk about maybe a little bit of a quote case study where Shauna has handwritten personally. She's handwritten some articles, and then she's also used some AI content where she didn't even proofread it. She published uh, close to 2,000 articles and has seen really good results. A little bit of a spoiler alert there. So we'll get into it. Uh, Shauna, how's it going today? Pretty good. Can't complain. And for the folks that don't know you, can you give just a quick intro? And of course, you've been on the show many times, but if it's the first time someone has listened, they may not know anything about you. Yeah, so I've been building sites uh, full-time since 2009. Um, my primary goal is to build sites with the intent to flip them. Uh, although with the current marketplace, I probably won't be doing any flips until things recover, which will, I expect will take you know maybe another year, year and a half. Okay. And we'll link up to your previous episodes so people can mm -hmm. get the backstory. We go deep into different areas. I'm, I know the last time we talked, it was just been a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. but you have a lot of websites out there, something like yes. 70, right? Yes. You actively work on maybe about half of them and you have kind right. of a small team, but you're pretty hands-on. Mm -hmm. What have you seen for the recent uh, helpful content update, which rolled out at the end of September, primarily in 2023? What have you seen personally? Um, I think... Everyone has noticed that it's more like the unhelpful content update, right? Um, for me, I have seen what I consider to be my highest quality sites in terms of content get just decimated, you know, being outranked by things that are multiple years old, mostly Reddit posts, uh, when timeliness is a factor in these niches that I'm, that I'm in. Um, on the flip side, I have uh, a bunch of sites that are all AI content. One of them I recently decided to... Uh, just bulk upload um, Koala 3.5 articles. Um, so that's like the, the lower quality from GPT-4. Um, I did just over 1,700 of those. And the site, it got a 342% increase in traffic from helpful content. I, I haven't even read any of those articles. Someone on Twitter asked me like, well, are they, are they good AI content or bad AI content? And I was like, I have no idea. I've not even read them. So that's how helpful the update's been. <laughs> what do you, what do you make of that? Um, well, you know, I've, I've said publicly before, I think starting back in May of 2022, uh, things kind of went off the rail with these updates that Google does. I think they no longer really know what's going to happen when they roll them out wide uh, in their testing environment. I assume it works the way they want. Uh, and then there, there's, you know, all these people who end up as a collateral damage who shouldn't be penalized, you know, by the algorithm and things like that. So, I think they really didn't know what was going to happen. You know, this large scale Reddit, multiple spots on page one, you know, outdated forums, you know, things like that. Like I saw someone saying that for the query about running a car in Mexico, things were ranking pre that were done pre pandemic. So they like are completely irrelevant now, but that's all of page one. So yeah, it's crazy. All right. 
And the day that we're recording this, I'm going to try to publish this as soon as I can, Mm -hmm. shuffling my schedule around a bit. But the day that we're recording this, Google announced they were going to roll out a new core update for Mm -hmm. October. And I wonder, it it seems like maybe it's a reaction to like clean things up a little bit. However, uh, through other updates, it doesn't seem to clean clean much up. Yeah. So, so what do you do? You think there's any correlation, or they just have like a, a rolling schedule, and they're like, ah, it's October. Why don't we mix things up a little bit? <laughs> I think most people who've been in this industry long enough know that whenever we have any type of update, usually within about ten to fourteen days after they you know announce that it's ended, there's a partial rollback. Um, and then a few weeks ago, maybe even a week ago. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, the new Matt Cutts. His name's like John Mueller or Mew or something like that. I don't really know. But he publicly said they never roll back updates. Um, this roll, this up, you know, this helpful content clearly needs rolled back or tweaked. Um, and so they can't say, hey, we're, we're rolling it back or have it be obvious that they've updated it. So I think they've rushed a core update to fix all of these issues. Um, so I think it will actually be unlike any core update we've ever seen because of that. Um, so it will be interesting to see if they can fix all of their fuck ups or not. Mm-hmm. And I was, before we started recording, I was, I was trying to do something. I, I had some technical issues, right? So I was, was switching <laughs> cell phone carriers and the details don't matter too much. No one wants to hear me complain either. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I, you know, I'm getting um, the AI generated answer from mm-hmm. Google and I'm like this is this is wrong like just generally and it's regurgitated and I'm I don't know how it's obviously no one can see the future but I don't know how it'll play out because some queries it doesn't make sense to try and give me that answer when it's like actually wrong and I yeah. you know I'm smart enough like many of us were tech savvy <laughs> I'm smart enough to know like hey that's total bullshit like that is not mm-hmm. the right answer I need to talk to someone. I was just curious if anyone else had the same problem as me or have have the same question or whatever. So I wonder how they're going to figure out what to do because Google's trying to compete with like the AI that's out there, but Mm -hmm. it's a little bit inferior. It's not the right thing. It's not what we're searching for. So anyway, everything's bananas. Now (laughs) from your, uh, from your sites, um, you mentioned that the highest quality, the best written content seems to have been hurt pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your strategy to address that in the short term and maybe the long term? Uh, well, I mean, in terms of content that I'm actually creating myself, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, my undergrad is in English and journalism. So I know that like, Content quality is subjective and everyone thinks their content is good. Um, I feel like I'm pretty confident that considering I, you know, my background that my content is better than average. Um, so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm also, I've always been really big on finding alternative traffic sources. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are kind of coming around to that in the past few weeks. Um, because I know there's a guy on Twitter who has a portfolio of sites that are on Mediavine. And I wish I could remember his name. Um, but he gets most of his traffic from his Facebook pages. And so he's like not feeling anything from this update. Um, of course, you don't want all of your traffic from Facebook either because things can happen with that. But 
Um, you know, I, I'm still focusing on creating the content I've always created as well as, you know, focusing on those other traffic sources. But I can tell you, I'm now spinning up some more sites with thousands of unchecked AI posts to see what happens. So let's go deeper into the site that you mentioned before, the 1700 articles, kind of lay out the, the strategy when you started it. And we'll, we'll dive into some of the specifics, especially managing that uh, sort of publishing schedule, keeping everything organized and all that. Yeah, so I was just um, looking for niches. And I know we discussed this on, on our most recent uh, recording, niches where the information is always consistent. It never changes um, because I feel like then you don't really have to proofread as much or at all because you know what's ranking on page one is going to be the same. Uh, if, if you tried that today with these fucked up results, that probably wouldn't be the case. Um, so that was what I was focusing on. And so I was looking for a niche that had thousands of possibilities for keywords. Like I feel like this site could probably be over 50,000 pages and still just barely be a small part of the niche. Um, so that's what I was focusing on. So I just started with one specific cluster. Um, and the only reason I picked the number that I picked was that just happened to be when I got tired of copying and pasting. <laughs> um, so put all of that into Koala just with the titles, um, did the bulk upload, connected my site to it. Now here was my error. So if anyone else is going to try this, once you connect your WordPress site to Koala, do a single test post to make sure it actually posts to your site. I did not do that. Instead, I just ran those like 1,730 posts. Not a single one of them uploaded because there was a problem with SiteGround for some reason, not liking the API connection from Koala. So I moved my site to a different host and then I had to go in manually to actually publish all of those. Now, it wasn't like, like a huge deal. Like it was mildly annoying, but it wasn't a huge deal because um, as far as I know, there's no way yet to add in a featured image with Koala. So I wanted there to be featured images to give me the opportunity to get Google discovered traffic. Um, so I actually had my wife do the featured images and just publish them without even reading. You know, she's like a professional writer. So she's like a super perfectionist. And I was like, do not read these. They were all AI. You will go crazy. So she just like, she published them all in two days for me. And then things just went crazy with it when the update happened. Okay. And it was the helpful content update. So yeah. What, yeah. what kind of traffic was it getting before and, and how old's the site? What's the timeline and all that kind of stuff? So the site's like a year and a half old. Um, I'd put two posts up on it a year and a half ago and then just promptly forgot about it. Um, so it wasn't really getting much traffic, um, but you know, it's kind of aged, it's indexed. And I was like, why the hell not? Right. So we just tried it. Um, and probably in the next two weeks, it will qualify as a secondary site for AdThrive based on my wow. projections. And you literally, neither one of you read any of the content, you just published it. Yep. There's no telling <laughs> what it says. <laughs> and have, like, what, what do you, have you gone back and read a little bit of it just to see like, oh, what, what is this? You don't even want to know. No, I mean, it, it's working. So why fuck with it? I mean. Or I mean, just for your own, like... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. no you don't even want to know. Okay. It's not a topic I'm even interested in, so... Right. And, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so bananas. It's a weird time. Yeah, yeah and I wonder, I wonder how this is going to shake out 
over the next few months. Mm -hmm. Do you think Google's going to swing back and like shift things around in a serious way? Or are you just like, I don't even know what to expect anymore? Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely don't know what to expect anymore. I think the past, you know, year and a half has proven that if they do, you know, swing back, it won't be full. It'll just be partial. Um, so my actual next plan for this particular site, once I get it on AdThrive, um, is to go back in. Um, it's it's a, a niche that's perfect for Pinterest. Um, so I will focus on building up that as a secondary traffic source because this site deserves to be hit. I mean, let's be honest, right? Um, so I fully expect that at some point it will get hit because it should. So I want to have another traffic source going to it. Um, and then once I get, you know, 2,000 pins scheduled and uploaded, um, I will then move on to a Facebook page for that. Um, and oddly enough, there aren't very many YouTube channels on this specific niche. So that will be my next point of attack, just so that I can keep some traffic when the site does eventually get hit. Any other interesting things or plans for that site before I kind of shift into another area? No, I'm just going to hammer it with a few thousand more articles while I can. You mentioned YouTube and sounds mm -hmm. like an opportunity there. And I know you recently launched an agency. It's Growth Cupid, right? Yeah. Yep. And there's some done for you sites. There's some there's a suite of products and we'll link up to it and all that. Mm -hmm. I think we have a discount for mm -hmm. listeners yep. and viewers out there. So one of the packages is, I think it's a faceless YouTube channel. Yes. Can you talk about, you know, what you've seen as far as results and like what you do to set up a, a faceless YouTube channel? Yeah, I feel like um, YouTube is the way, like you can do it without a site, but I feel like it is the best way to boost both traffic and revenue for your site that very few people are doing. And I don't know if that's because people think they have to be on camera or not, um, but faceless channels, they're amazing. Um, so you just use all stock video footage, uh, which there are royalty-free places that you can get it. You can buy it from Pond5, Storyblocks. Uh, free pick free premium also has good footage that you can use. Um, and then you just kind of edit that all together, do a voiceover. Definitely do not do an AI voiceover. Pretty much everyone who has a successful channel that started with AI voiceovers gets demonetized. The only way to get monetized again is to delete all of those AI voiceover videos. So definitely do not take that shortcut. Um, and like the, the process um, that I do for my own sites as well is that we do at Growth Cupid is, you know, we identify uh, 20 different, you know, ideas for videos because because our starter package is only for 20 videos to get you started. Um, and then, you know, there's script writing for the video, uh, finding the stock footage, editing that and putting it together so that, you know, the audio actually matches what's on the screen. Uh, we create, you know, an optimized thumbnail uh, description as well as uh, the tags. We use TubeBuddy and VidIQ uh, for that. Um, and then we just kind of set that all up so that you are ready to go in terms of, you know, growing your YouTube channel as, you know, traffic generation as well as revenue streams. So you mentioned the AI uh, voiceovers. Yes. And actually, I was watching some video today and I was like, this is obviously an AI voiceover. The, mm -hmm. the channel had like a 1.2 million subscribers. Though, and I mm -hmm. was like, this is crazy. I, I don't yeah. know information was kind of okay but i was like i think this is probably bullshit it was yeah. very basic and i see a lot of that 
So, and I didn't realize that YouTube demonetizes the AI yeah. voices now. So is that fairly new or is that a... Uh, they started that, uh, I, I think it was maybe early 2022 that I started noticing it happening. Um, you know, and then the people are like, oh, I've had my channel for X long and, and I use AI and I've not gotten, you know, demonetized. They eventually seem to catch up with everyone, though. Um, and you don't really want to be putting in all that work, you know, building up your subscribers and stuff, because like I said, you have to delete those videos to get the monetization turned back on. So Got it. it's definitely not a shortcut to take. Do you know if it counts if you train it on your own voice? So I use a tool called Descript and I train right, it on yeah. my own voice and it actually does sound like me. However, the, only a couple people let me know that they knew right. it, but they said it just sounded a little too polished because there were no, uh, there were no, um, like breathing noises right. when we inhale or natural right. other of like sounds. So they were like, it's just too clinical. So. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I don't use AI. I never have. So I've not personally had this experience. Um, and no one who I've seen report this has actually said like what AI tools they're using. So I'm really not sure. Gotcha. So you just have someone read it out and then yeah. that's the way to do it. Okay. Yeah. So if people wanted to do this on their own, is there some way that you approach the script writing, uh, maybe the length of the videos, other details like that? Well, I mean, if you already have an existing site, the best way to start is to use your top blog posts as ideas um, because you already know that you rank for them, you already get traffic for them, and you're already seen as an authority on that topic. Um, and, and I always link together whenever I do that. You know, in the description, I'll link to the video and then I'll embed that video in my blog post. Um, so that's what I really prefer doing, especially if you have an existing site. Um, otherwise, you can just look for other channels in your niche that where they have more views on a video than they have subscribers. Um, and then you take that idea and make it your own and, and just write a script. Um, you can outsource everything, though, honestly, if you wanted to. Because um, like people on Fiverr even will offer script writing, you know, services for you. Um, there's a lot of people who aren't very good at it though, so I would be careful doing that. Uh, I'm lucky in that my wife is a screenwriter, um, as well as everything else she writes. Um, so I know everyone doesn't have that advantage. What are some of the mistakes that a poor script writer might make? Well, you know, there's basically like a formula, like where you want to hook someone in, you know, and because you want to keep them watching the whole video so that you'll earn the most money, you know, if you once you do get monetized. Um, so anybody can just Google like what's the, the formula for a YouTube script, anybody who wants to do it on their own. I don't remember what the three little things are called other than hook. Um, and I think I forgot to answer one of your other questions, which was length. Um, I always try to shoot for at least eight minutes because when you do get monetized, if you want to do mid-roll ads, your video needs to be at least eight minutes in length. And when you, or do you run ads in your videos then? I personally, as, a, as like as a user, I hate mid-roll <laughs> ads. So I, I do not choose to do that. Although I know YouTube is making those changes um, I don't know if they go into effect in November or January where you're not going to really get say anymore on what ads are displayed. So, Got it. And for the 
in, internal linking or embedding of the video and mm -hmm. linking to your blog post. Do you actually see like an SEO lift from that? Or is that just like a best practice? I've always said to do that, but I've never yeah. actually like tested. Um, I do it primarily um, hoping to get traffic back to, you know, the site um, as well as like give myself that extra like authority boost in Google's eyes. Um, I also always make sure to do a pinned comment with a link to my post unless I have a really good affiliate offer that I can promote. Um, I find that that tends to work really well. Okay, perfect. Any other tips for like a faceless YouTube channel? Um, consistency. Um, the more consistent you are with your uploading, I find the easier it is to get traction. Um, it's also going to vary by niche in terms of if shorts work for you or not. Um, I find across my channels, most of the time, shorts really aren't worth it for me. Um, so I tried to really focus on more of the long form videos. And how often would you recommend someone try to publish a video? Uh, when, when you're just starting out, I would try to do it daily if you can, um, or at least Monday through Friday, and then kind of like work on slowing down and having regular days that you publish. Um, just so that as you're building your audience, they kind of get used to doing that. And I realize as I'm saying this, I have a very inactive personal YouTube channel right now. Um, so anyone who's going to check out my channel is going to be like, what the hell is she talking about? But yeah, but for my sites, I, I'm definitely more regular. That's funny. Okay. So daily up, up until one point until, I mean, basically if you keep that up forever, this is probably the no, best thing to do. Like, well, yeah, I mean, probably. Um, I don't do that, though. Usually I go around three months or so of doing that just to kind of get a channel going. Um, I'm a big fan of basically getting to like 100 videos as fast as you can, which I know is a challenge, um, both for me as well as most people, um, unless you're outsourcing everything, of course. So that gives you like a lot of data to look at to see like what's really working, what's really resonating with your audience, you know, which videos are sending traffic back to your site, you know, which videos where you have affiliate offers linked are really converting well so that you know, like for your next 100 videos, what you should focus on. I use um, Descript for oh, yeah. a few things. Uh, just I'll plug them. I'm, I'm an affiliate for them too, but mm -hmm. they also have uh, like B-roll and, and video and audio and sound effects. Like mm -hmm. you could do all that stuff plus the transcript work that it can do as well. So mm. it's a very good tool and highly recommend it for people that are thinking of doing this kind of stuff. It's very easy to just build a video in there. So how long does it take to say, write the script, record it, and then put in the B-roll for like one eight minute video? It really depends. So the fastest is if it's being based off of a blog post. Uh, what I've gotten into the habit of doing lately is just cutting the post into chat GPT and saying, take this article and turn it into a script for YouTube uh, and say that I'm aiming, you know, for, for at least eight minutes. It's really good about putting in uh, timestamps that it thinks you should hit as you're recording. They're not always great, but, but sometimes they are. Um, I'm also a big fan of using uh, Powtoons, I think it's called, which is like, uh, there's like uh like whiteboard stuff in there that you can do if you want to do whiteboard videos, animated videos, or stock footage comes included in that as well. And you can also import your own stuff. Um, so if I'm using that, um, as well as the blog post, I can usually get it done in a few hours. 
Um, for me, the bottleneck is when I'm recording using my own voice, you know, unless if I'm not outsourcing that because, you know, I say a lot of ums and likes and things like that. And then you have to like edit all that shit out. So. And that's where Descript would come in really handy because it does a transcript and then you could just remove all of those and like at a click of a button. Oh. Sometimes it's a little bit clunky, but it's mm-hmm. pretty damn good, especially if you're thinking, okay, I want to publish a video every day for a hundred days or whatever, like cutting that stuff out in the click of a button is really, really nice. Even if it's not perfect, like you can still ship and get it out the door. Okay. So a few hours to do, to do one of those videos and for AI, like another perfect use case to like take something that, you know, is pretty good. And then Mm -hmm. like, have it write the script and you could probably put in like a pretty good template. Like, you know, you said, uh, have a hook, have something else, like put it in this format. So people will stick around and it'll give you uh, suggestions for a title also like tons of stuff like that. Yeah. It's actually really great too, because it seems to already know that formula. So it will take your blog post and it'll give you some really great, great stuff in it. Okay. How fast have you seen one of the channels get, monetized or some other benchmarks? Um, When I'm doing what I just told everybody to do, uh, just like a couple of months, um, of course, it's going to depend on the niche. Um, You know, if you're trying to come out and start a a get out of debt personal finance channel, it's going to take you longer, just like it would if you were starting, you know, a personal finance blog like that. Um, The more niche down you can go, the quicker it's going to be. Uh, my wife actually has been trying to do one of those channels that's all like uh, like calming, relaxing, like videos and things like that, because she's like, you know, the traffic for those channels is insane. So if we can get one of these channels monetized, it'll be crazy. Um, the competition is fiercer than she expected, though. <laughs> she's been working on it since like January. And, and I think she only has like 200 subscribers and, and she's like way low in the watch hours. But what's interesting is um, she started out basically trying to create videos and, and descriptions and titles that would attract her. And I'm like, you are not the average YouTube user. And then it took her a few months to kind of learn that there is SEO to YouTube, which I think a lot of people don't realize. So that's something for people to keep in mind too. Mm-hmm. And then do you offer packages to just do the, the YouTube uh, starter package or anything? Have you started doing that? Uh, yes, the page isn't up on the website yet because our, our launch has been bigger than expected. So I've had like zero time to deal with stuff like that. Um, but right now the price is $3,000 for the complete starter package with the 20 videos and everything. Um, that is not the final price. This is still a launch pricing. So um, if anyone is interested in that, you have to basically get into the order form to find it right now okay. to order it. So yeah. And is that with a done for you site or that's just the standalone? That's a standalone. Okay. Yes. So that if you, sense. if you bought like the biggest done for you site, it is included at a cheaper rate than if you bought just the, just the channel. Okay. And that, that would be for people. They already have a site. You'd be able to go and like find yeah. out what the, their top blog posts were. And then you could right. do the whole treatment that you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So let's shift back to just kind of core updates and and dealing with it because you have this 
kind of big portfolio of sites, you're cash flowing, you're, you're kind of waiting because the market is a little bit lower as far as multiples, which we'll, we'll come to that too. But Mm -hmm. you have these, uh, sites earning money. You get, uh, you know, we get punched in the mouth here with (laughs) with the update and you're continuing, right? You have the writing background. You believe that good content will come through. How how do you actually deal with this on a day-to-day basis where you're working and you're like, ah, fuck, is this even going to work? Or will it take like nine months for this to work? Or I don't know if it'll work at all. So how are you dealing with that? Because there's a lot of other people out there with fewer sites, but a lot of people right. are impacted. So any advice? Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how the people with a single site feel who got hit, especially if they were doing everything right. Um, I think the big problem that um, a lot of people have is that they actually believe, like they take at face value what the Google mouthpieces say, which isn't always reality. Um, I know we have like a big crowd of people who are like the no link building team. Um, and, and I know we've discussed this in the past. You have to build links to stay relevant in the search results. Um, and yes, you can skate by for a while without them. But if you really want to compete and make real money, you, you have to do link building. Um, so if I only had one site and it had gotten just decimated right now, um, like I said, I think I would be panicking a little bit. Um, but if I knew I was doing everything right, um, I would do a full audit of my site just to make sure like I wasn't, you know, deluding myself that I'd done everything right. Um, and if I saw that I was, then I would just keep doing what I'd been doing. Um, historically, that has always worked out. You know, you know, I, I was doing this before they were even announcing updates and naming them. Um, and that's always been the case. Um, and another thing that I think people also need to check when they get hit by an update is to see what Google knows about their sites, which is you can do that site colon and then you're like, you know, niche site project.com. And then when you click on those three little dots that come up um, for the first result there, those are just your raw domain. I think it's, I think the button says more about this result. Click on that and that will tell you what Google knows about your site. If you have good authority in Google's eyes, you will see links listed there. And those links are very telling. They tell you what Google thinks you are an authority on. So for me, for instance, for Skip Blast, the links that show up for me are about flipping sites um, and running niche site experiments. That's the lane that Google has put me in for that particular site. So you need to see what lane Google has put you in for your site. Um, I actually had a site that got decimated in the May 2022 update. Um, It was a fairly broad site, but also niched down. Um, and, you know, I had been consistently over the years telling Google by, by what I was publishing, what the site was about. But when I did that little exercise of the site, colon, and then the domain, they had only given me credibility for one of those things that I was publishing about. So when I removed all of the other content, the site recovered. Um, so that's a very important exercise to take when you've gotten decimated by an update. I should check that out. I I don't think I've done that for. I'm just curious. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything different. <laughs> I don't care. What <laughs> but, um, but I'm I'm just curious because I wonder if if I too have like sort of diluted the topical authority yeah. 
that sort right. of thing, which I'm pretty sure I have uh, based on what I've published over the years. There's a lot of content that I've deleted and tried to right. you know, redirect or 410 or whatever is appropriate. Okay, so people can can see that very easily. It's a free way to check and okay, you'll, yeah. you'll get some good good info. All right. And I had a f- couple follow-up questions, but now I, I can't remember them. So people should also put in their competitors um, because the links that appear on that page, when you do that, Google clearly identifies those as important. So any links that you see coming up for competitors that you can replicate boost the authority of your site. Okay. So, so ge- generally links important. And I, yeah, one, one mm-hmm. thing you mentioned earlier is, um, whatever, John Mueller, Miller, whatever it is. I've heard people say Miller. I I don't know. I worked with someone Miller, but I I don't know how you say it. John. (laughs) Um, He's like, ah, we we never roll back updates. It's like, it's okay if you make a mistake. Doesn't that show like um, you learn from your mistakes? But they're like, ah, no, we just uh, try to patch it up with some gum, (laughs) masking tape or something. So- I, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it'll play out. So, okay, links are really important. I I wonder if some people that were like, hey, I'm never going to build links, if they're, mm-hmm. one, going to start doing something or mm-hmm. if they're going to throw in the towel. I've seen some people just say like, you know what? I think I'm done with this. Like I've been doing the quote right thing. I'm passionate about this topic and mm-hmm. I've done a really good job. I take all my images, like I invest money and they're like, traffic has dropped by a ton and it's pretty bad results. Like you said, like yeah. n- not subjective, like literally out of date content is mm-hmm. now ranking ahead of them. And they're like, ah, I'm done. Do you have some people in your community that you've bumped into? What, what advice have you given them? Um, pretty much the same thing about checking to see what Google knows about your site. Um, 100% of the people who have come to me have absolutely nothing showing on that page other than we don't know what this site is. There's like nothing listed for the about. Um, all Google can tell them is how many years the site has been indexed. And that's not what you want. One guy had a site that was nine years old. He wasn't a link builder. There was literally nothing else on the page. So... Okay. It's cr- in there there was always the argument like hey the links will come naturally. Yeah. And the guy had the site for 9 years. It sounds like he was obviously like getting yeah. traffic and making money, but are you saying like no one basically linked to him because he no had he had like he did have links. I think he was like a DR22 after 9 years though. I mean, you would expect to have a more robust backlink profile. And, and the thing with nothing appearing on that page means none of the sites linking to him, Google found high authority enough to give them an idea of what the site was about. So often what I see ranking on those pages um, are podcast interviews uh, from very large, you know, authority podcasts. Um, and they're, they're like authorities in their niche. You know, they're not like Joe Rogan show, you know, links or anything like that. Um, as well as local citation links, Crunchbase, things like that show up there. So, Speaking of podcasts, which is actually a fairly good way to go about like a link building campaign yes. if you're able to get on podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a 
a pitch and basically a company wanted me to do an ad for them. And all they wanted was the backlink, really. <laughs> Specifically, the backlink that they wanted was from iHeartRadio. So they were like, hey, we want to make sure it's going out on these platforms, specifically iHeartRadio. And I, I followed up. I was like, hey, like, what's the deal? How, how are you? Why do you care about that one? And they said, ah, it's a do follow link from iHeartRadio.com. So that's why they wanted it. I probably should not share this because I haven't had a chance to implement it myself yet, but I also know how much work is involved. So I know how few people will take this idea. Um, several months ago, I did some consulting for an alcohol uh, rehab center. And so that exposed me to the types of link building that industry does. Creating your own podcast with the minimum number of episodes to syndicate it across all of those podcast websites has resulted in amazing things for sites in that niche. So like, I can't wait to deploy it across my sites. Oh, wow. Do you, do you know what the minimum number is? I, I mean, I just, I've been doing my podcast for a while, but I never paid attention, but I bet it's not many because all you have to do mm -hmm. is. Based on what I was seeing, it seems to be around 10. I haven't like done like my full research into it yet, but it seems to be only around 10. Now you're obviously going to, I assume, have to have enough production quality to be accepted these places, or maybe there's like no real acceptance. You, I mean, you would, you would probably know better than me. I think um, most of them, the last time I checked, they are based on like the iTunes, Apple podcast feed, okay. typically. Okay. I mean, you, you could submit your RSS mm -hmm. feed to various places, but typically if, if it's over on Apple, like if you were accepted into Apple, mm -hmm. they will pick it up. Cause I only, I only, um, I think it was like Apple and then maybe like Google, Spotify, and then it goes everywhere else. But yeah, yeah I think, I mean, most people, don't stick with podcasting for very long. And then, I mean, you can get good links. I mean, you could, there's nothing wrong with pod. Like it's a great thing to do if you could be a guest on mm -hmm. podcast. And once you get a couple under your belt, like you could repurpose the content. Um, mm -hmm. Usually it's on YouTube, like you're getting in front of another audience. So if you have the, the chops to actually be on the show, people should definitely do it or, you know, start your own podcast. Right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Maybe it'll be a future growth Cupid uh, service. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. I mean, you know, thinking about how you basically are creating scripts, they don't have to be long shows. Yeah. They could be virtually the same as mm -hmm. the YouTube. So that's a, that's another product idea for sure. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Good, good link building tips very deep, like 30 yeah. minutes into this one. Okay. Again, I, I got off my, uh, my train of thought here, but let's see, we're talking updates. We're talking about, uh, what we might expect and what to do. I, I don't know. I mean, other than like thinking of the other traffic sources. So you mentioned Pinterest, yeah. Facebook is still a good one. Do you play around mm -hmm. with any of the short form social media such as uh, TikTok or Instagram or Reels, is that a good traffic source? Um, I haven't done anything with any of those. Um, I think for some niches, it's probably better to focus on those. Like um, if you have a, a travel blog, you're trying to grow. Instagram obviously is, is great for that as well as TikTok. Um, 
But yeah, my, my focus has been Pinterest, YouTube, and Facebook pages. Okay, cool. And for the Facebook page, pages or groups, do you have any tips on that? Have you had any big successes? Yeah, I actually started talking about this last year and, um, and I'm still doing the same thing because it's still working, which is set up a page, you know, for your site. Um, so let's say you have a site about puppies, right? So you create the Facebook page for your site. Um, you start running an ad, like very simple, very generic, super broad, something like, if you like puppies, you'll love our page. So the campaign you're running is just to get people to like your page. And then you spin up, you know, like a social media management tool like Buffer, start scheduling posts to auto post. You're obviously going to already need to have some content on your site. So you have these posts regularly auto posting to your Facebook page, your ads running. Usually I see the cost get anywhere between two to six cents per like. Um, so there's constantly new people being fed into this ecosystem where your posts are funneling in. Ideally, the way that it's supposed to work is that you get enough clicks back to your site. So if you're running ads or affiliate offers, you, you make more off of that than you do spending on the ads. So that's just what I've been doing. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll start wrapping up here. But one thing that I, I get asked fairly often is like, how do you mm -hmm. stay motivated? So you've been doing this for a while few years longer than me. Mm -hmm. You mentioned 2009 and that, that is really a long time to work in like one industry for, mm -hmm. um, for that long, just in general. Mm -hmm. And we keep getting these, uh, kind of sucky updates <laughs> as we're, <laughs> we're talking through all of them. So yeah, what keeps you going, especially, I mean, I kind of got bored doing some of the work that we talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't, you, you mentioned buffer and scheduling stuff. And I remember when it came out and I scheduled all this stuff and I'm like, I don't like doing this specifically. <laughs> so yeah. What keeps you motivated? I mean, you must get a little bored with it too. You know, I actually, I went through a period earlier this year where I was like, maybe I should sell all my sites and look for a new challenge. And I was like, maybe, maybe I should try something like getting into enterprise SEO or e-commerce SEO to do something completely different. I actually applied for a few jobs just to see if I could get my foot in the door and see if that was something I was interested in. I'm completely unhirable, which should have been no surprise to me. So obviously I did not get any jobs from that. Um, that's actually why I started Growth Cupid was to kind of like give me something fresh to do. And while it was, you know, it is stuff that I've been doing for my site, you know, with, with taking on clients, these are all niches mostly that I've never done anything in. So it is more of a challenge. And of course, like, you know, I'm not doing everything myself. So it's not like I'm you know, taking on tons of work here. Um, but that was actually why I, I started Growth Keep It was for that reason. Um, but for my own personal sites, um, I'm just, I guess I'll just be like basic and say it's financial primarily, you know, because I love to travel. Um, I used, you know, earnings from my sites to move to the Netherlands and I lived there for two years and I basically fucked around and did nothing but travel while I was there, you know, just earning money from sites. Um, you know, now, and now I'm back in the U.S., uh, have been for a few years, um, but I'm intending on moving back abroad at some point in the near future. And that is still going to be funded by these sites. Um, so for me, that is the primary goal. 
Um, but I also kind of enjoy the challenge, you know, uh, oh, you know, the, the rules have changed of the game. How can I now adapt and make it work? So. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know, I mean, a lot of people in our, our, our peer group, basically like people like the challenge and they're like, oh, we can figure out a way around these new algorithm updates or whatever nonsense uh, we have to deal mm -hmm. with or you know, Facebook changes their algorithm and and what you have to do to reach your audience again, mm -hmm. right? It's all mm -hmm. it's all the same kind of stuff. It's just a, a yeah. little different variation. And some people do indeed like the challenge. And I just I don't know. I think I've been like th this since I was a, a kid. Where at some <laughs> point I'm just like, ah, eh, I'm I'm bored with it, and we have to find our way. And I. I kept adding like different mediums. So I'm like, mm. I moved to podcasting and then uh, more video. <laughs> and then I just keep like doing something a little bit different. And you went, you're going like sort of the agency area, which is, yeah. which is cool. We all find our, our little paths. So I'll give you a minute to talk a little bit about growth Cupid. We mentioned it a bit, but what could people expect if they head over there and check out the services? Um, well, I started it basically, what it started out as was a, an idea for a better link building agency because, you know, I, you know, I need links for my sites. Um, I've tried tons of services and they're all shit for the most part. Um, if they're not shit, they're incredibly expensive. So I was trying to find a way to offer something that would help people grow their sites with links, but be more affordable than, than what the, you know, the current options are. Uh, and then from there, it kind of grew into all the ways you can grow your site, you know, from, from content to the YouTube channels. Uh, we also do Pinterest management. That's actually not listed um, on the site right now. A hundred pins a month with daily scheduling of at least three pins. I think, I think it's $600 right now. I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, we do the done for you site. So it's a little bit of everything, um, you know, based on the things that I've been doing for years with my sites that I know work, um, as well as doing link building the right way. Um, it's Right now, it's primarily guest posts and link insertions. Um, in the future, though, it's going to expand into linkable assets, which lets you take a bit more of a digital PR type of focus uh, where we would create the assets and then you, you know, would do the outreach to the journalist, uh, you know, with our tips of how to do that. Um, but yeah, it's basically, it's the service that I wish had always existed for my sites. Um, you know, if someone else had created this before me, I would probably be a paying customer of theirs. So great. You also have some courses, kind of a suite yes. of courses. Can you, and I don't know the name of it anymore. I think, <laughs> did you change the name of it? I'm not sure, but yeah. you, you could describe that too. And we'll, we'll link up as well in case people want to check those out. Yeah, it's called Blogging Success Engine, and it's just bloggingsuccessengine.com. Uh, we have currently we have a monthly option, um, a quarterly option to sign up, as well as a yearly option. Um, if you do the yearly option, you get um, a video audit, which I currently sell for five hundred dollars. So it's like a little bit of a bonus that you get for that. Um, and it's just like it includes a private forum, uh, monthly live training, uh, one of those a month. Um, and there's also recordings of that if you miss it. Uh, as well as every course that I've created so far, uh, which I think is like 11 or 12 courses right now, including uh, a how to do a faceless YouTube channel course, if someone is interested in that. So. Okay. And you, you don't sell the courses piecemeal anymore. They just come as the package, right? Well, until my teachable, until my teachable subscription expires in November, people can still buy them 
but it's way more expensive than buying all of them at once. So, you know, you may as well get the yeah. bundle yeah. and check it out. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we'll link up to that and yeah, thanks a lot, Shauna. Always fun yeah. catching up and hopefully, um, you know, we'll, we'll chat again in a few weeks, maybe, and we'll say, Hey, this new Google update was really good. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they did such a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I don't think that'll happen. Are you are you going to air this on April Fool's Day? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that would be good. That would be good. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Shana, thanks a lot. Thanks.